Welcome to Me and the Geek. I'm me, Joel Sharpton. You can find me on Twitter at The Rogues Life or uh, follow me on my website, joelsharpton.com. Every week here on Me and the Geek, we talk with a different geek about their passion for their hobby, their industry, or their art form. This week is another OG episode. What we're doing here is we're bringing you some of the best content from my very first podcast. It's not really uh, online anymore. You can still subscribe to it on iTunes, but it's about to be taken down at the end of the month. We're going to retire it permanently. But my co-host for Pod on Pod, another podcast that I do, Josh, and I used to do a show called Two Guys, One Podcast at twoguysonepod.com. Now, that website is definitely defunct now. And mostly it was just the two of us being goofy. I will warn you ahead of time that it isn't. These fingers crossed paprika burgers. Big day today. Jamie gets his exam results. I hope he's done okay. He's worked so hard. So I'm making my paprika burgers for when he gets home. They were lucky last time. I add red onion and paprika to the mince. Then I top with jalapenos. Well? Make your own burgers with our Tesco finest Aberdeen Angus beef. Food Love Stories, brought to you by Tesco. An explicit show. I've edited a few of the worst uh, curses out here, but this is an explicit podcast today, so uh, watch out for that. Don't listen to it in the car with your kids, maybe. But... Mostly it was just the two of us. You've already heard one episode of uh, Two Guys, One Pod uh, featuring my wife, Kelly, uh, before she and I were married, actually. And there's going to be more of that. We're going to tell you the rest of our story as presented uh, on that podcast. And and we're going to record new episodes with each other, too. But we also had a couple of other great guests. Adam Dale, one of my favorite musicians, was in the studio with us once. And that episode will be here in the Me and the Geek show eventually. But this week we're going to focus on my buddy Andre Constantinescu. Andre is a first-generation immigrant from Romania. He and his family moved over when he was young, and he's going to tell that story as part of this episode today. But he's a real... I mean, it's a Hollywood story. You know, it is uh, a first generation immigrant. And now he's working in show business himself as a casting agent, uh, owning his own business. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's captivating. And I think you're going to fall madly in love with Andre, just like I have over the years, too. Uh, we call him the Romanian. This episode uh, was originally presented as episode 57 of Two Guys, One Pod. And it was called and is called From Romania with Love. Uh, you're on, let's see, I'm going to turn you up and I'm going to turn you down a little bit. I'm going to turn me down. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna oh, turn... it's always up. <laughs> I'm the most important one. I think I've made that clear. I think that's hurtful and unnecessary. <laughs> it's not even true. Um, all right, you gentlemen ready? Yes. I was born ready. Welcome to Two Guys, One Podcast. I'm one guy. And I'm the other. And this is the podcast. In the studio this week is our uh, Romanian friend. Hello. <laughs> Woohoo! I'm so excited. <laughs> You've got to see, I was going to, this was another thing that I was going to make the the Romanian blush with tonight, but you, uh, you and I were exchanging text messages this morning as this all came into focus as a thing that was actually going to happen. Yeah. And your response um, to the news that Andre was going to be on the show tonight was what? Fuck yeah. My nipples just got hard. <laughs> Um, it, it was, it's very exciting. Uh, we just a couple of weeks ago, we, which was like, 
honest to God, a dream of mine. We had Adam Dale in the studio. If you haven't heard that episode yet, go back. Which was not a big deal for me. <laughs> well, that's because you grew up with him. Yeah. It's, you, he's still a famous person to me. Um, he's that guy that I know from iTunes. Um, uh, Adam Dale, you can listen to that in episode 55. Yes, two episodes ago. Um, but now we have another. He's a longtime friend of both of ours, uh, but he's kind of famous in his own right. Andre, the Romanian, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Yay. Um, you and I and and other guy met in college. Yes. Yes. Correct. Uh, you were a theater major, but not – no, you weren't a theater major. You were a theater grad student when we yes. met. Yes. Correct. That's Is that – 100% true. I was wondering – because I, I couldn't figure out why I didn't know you sooner. I was – I was trying to. You were his, you were a history major in your undergrad, right? Yeah. So during our undergrad, we would have never. But I th- I thought you did you start coming and doing s- stuff in the theater department before that? Only like the quarter before I started in grad school, like like just to tip your toe in the water, and correct. then you're like, yeah, that'd be fun. We I'm going to do it. We, I think I was in almost every one of your acting classes. That's that's one hundred percent correct as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Affirmation. Yes. <laughs> now, yeah, man. Now, anyone who has listened this far on the podcast already really, really likes you. But that was not the case for me when I first met you. Um, what What was your opinion of me first? This is take. This is you're like uh, was, that's a decade ago. Wait, I have wait, no idea what I thought of, of you. I I thought he was fake. I've told what? you this. I thought he, I was. There's no way that anybody can be this happy and positive and bubbly and love everybody. It's just got to be really? bullshit. It's just got to be bullshit. I, I don't know. I never thought that. I, I was just waiting. I was like, any day now, the other shoe would drop, and this candy crust will crack. I will. I will tell you a uh, a story that I had had with uh, our acting teacher mm-hmm. uh, about you. Oh wow! That I don't think he or I have ever told you, or that you ever were privy to. Great. It's gonna Go be a surprise. It. Okay. So let me just say first quickly. For one guy, I didn't have any classes with him at all, mm. and our friendship didn't grow until we did summer theater together in um, Ohio. Which, which is we, probably why I thought differently, because we took classes together. Correct. Yeah. And so I would just see one guy like at work calls, and I'd be like, hey, buddy, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fuck you. I don't know you. I don't know who you are and where you come from, but this uh, this nonsense must stop. I we we were I thrown didn't know together I was on the set of a children's show. God Seriously, damn it. <laughs> we were thrown together like a like an, an episode of The Odd Couple or something. Uh, and and not only not only did we live together that summer, you needed a ride there. Oh yeah, right. Right? Yes. No. 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 I, I had my own car there. No, but, but my you, car you broke down back with on me. the way. Ha- yes. Yes. On, my car broke down in. Ohio, and we left it. Like I took <laughs> Did off, you ever go back and get it? Never. No. <laughs> like, I took off the license plate and like scrubbed no, it down. No. <laughs> and it Why is would there. you scrub it down? <laughs> you know, just take out all, uh, yeah, like all evidence that it ever was mine. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. He didn't want. He didn't want You're a I didn't, criminal. I'd forgotten. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, somewhere, somewhere, a stadium in Ohio is making notes. All right, he's, he's a Romanian and he's in the entertainment industry. Well, no, why didn't you just this? go to a wrecking yard and be like, "Hey, look, come and pick this fucking car up. It's yours, five hundred dollars." That would have been great. Why did <laughs> you didn't you you didn't like that would literally take like two three that hours. Would literally this man be is like a month's salary at the theater we work at. 
No, but this, why didn't you do that? This man is from another culture, yes. my friend. His <laughs> ways, his ways are not our ways. Right. Car breaks down this side of the road, and your first thought is, "I got to get rid of this." I, no one can know it's mine. Let me take, gotta take the license plate. Let me rub it down. Put on some gloves. Douse bleach all over. It. There, there's no proof that this car was ever mine. You know, you know, how like in in Japan, like when you when you. Uh, diminish the pride of the family you have to commit suicide or whatever and fall on the sword in romania when your car dies (laughs) you have to hide all evidence that you had anything to do with that vehicle why did you think to do that (laughs) i just thought i don't want this car anymore it doesn't work i don't live in this town it's worthless (laughs) (laughs) it's not worthless like scrap metal like you could have they would have come and hauled it for free and given you 500 bucks minimum I don't. I you say that I wouldn't. I wouldn't have known that necessarily. Yeah, I mean, especially like, like as a twenty one fourteen hundred fourteen hours from home. Yeah, I guess I grew up on a hard life, man. <laughs> you yeah. always think the way to make paper. That's sm- I mean, yeah, I understand. That's something that didn't occur to me until after graduating grad school. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait, how do I pay for this? Yeah. <laughs> wow. No, so your parents paid for. Pay for college and stuff for you? No, like I, my first quarter, I got, I had all the scholarships that you could have. Right. All the state scholarships. And by the f- end of the first quarter, I had lost them all because of um, not going to class. Because <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't like I partied. I just had the freedom of skipping class anytime I wanted. You are painting a completely, I'm getting a completely different picture than I have ever had of you no no this this aspect is one i'm a lazy criminal this (laughs) this aspect is not on was never on the list of things i thought you were until tonight this this aspect is one that i'm well acquainted with i like the first the the (laughs) the story of mine and andre's uh love affair has to begin with the name Kiefer sutherland yes 100 i didn't like him i did not like him until he shared 24 Kiefer. Kiefer brought you together. Bond yes, us, yeah. And yeah. Not, not the A Few Good Men Kiefer either. The, no. The Jack Bauer version. <laughs> For, wow. Okay, so we move into this situation. I've it's never two, seen an episode. It's a two-bedroom, like uh, one bath, little, you know, very small apartment and all of the all of the actors in this outdoor drama and all of the crew for that matter are housed in the same apartment complex and so you split it up like four people to a unit and unless you knew somebody you were just kind of jammed in there together uh andre myself and uh our, our buddy the professor we all knew each other because we came from the same college so, so there's they, a fourth guy who didn't yes. know you guys yes and fourth guy that, they had Alabama. to suck to be that guy i i imagine he was definitely a a black sheep. Like. <laughs> he, he wasn't the only black guy in the apartment, but he was a black guy, and he was he was a black sheep. That's true. Uh, he was also the only the only gay guy in the in yep. the not only in our apartment complex. No, 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 no. You're not about to tell me that there was only one gay guy in your outdoor theater. Uh, I think he was that year. I can't think of another one from that year. Is there any dancing in this show? No, there's no, no dancing. Like eh, we, maybe. we're a heavy, we're a fight heavy show. You guys were a dance heavy show. So you had you yeah. had a lot. We had very few homosexuals. Lo- no, the costumer costumer was homosexual that Definitely year too. Big time. I've, Good call. So that's two. I loved it's two in the crew. theater. In the outdoor theater that I that I went to a lot. Uh, there was a lot of dancing in the show. So literally. 60 to 70% of the guys were going to be gay, which is cool. That's fine. It's great odds for you. But literally like 90% of the women were straight. So only 10% of them were gay. Yeah. After you've lived together for three months, a four 
which is me. I start looking like a fucking seven, man. <laughs> it's uh, it's office hot, is what it is. You know, like the 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 redhead at the office outside of work maybe only a six but since she's the only woman in your office that's the right age for you like she skyrockets she's a nine and a half or a ten i think that's i don't, I don't think that's that true. happens for everybody i'm pretty like i'm i don't care how long i'm around a five that's a fucking five you're pretty good at judging now what happens is her standard doesn't rise mine just lowers <laughs> like the longer i'm there my standards get lower like i would never fuck a three Unless I was stuck with him for a couple hours. You're a terrible human being. My standards <laughs> my standards didn't fall, but I did warm to Andre over the summer, and largely it happened because of one moment. I, there was a party one night after the show, as there often was. I left the apartment complex, but before I left the, our apartment, but before I left, Andre had a plan for the evening. He says, guys, I rented this movie. <laughs> And we should watch all of it together. And I said, what is it? And he said, it's the here's first the is, four the, hours of 24. Here's the thing is, you say, like, the way that you just said that and the syntax that you used, people would think that you're only remembering part of the story and that's you're just giving the gist of it. I wouldn't be surprised if that's exactly how he said it. I think that's almost exactly how he said it, yeah. Hey, guys, I got this movie, and we should all watch it together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very after-school special. That's well, right. And he had... 24 had been a, a drum that he had been banging for a while. It was This was right after the first season, uh, which had been a big hit on TV. Everybody had been talking about it. None of us had seen it. Right. Uh, mostly because none of us had cable or DVRs or anything at the time, so you couldn't keep up with the show. Like, we were working at night or whatever. So he rents the first disc, which is the first four episodes. So four fucking hours of television of a show that I assume is stupid and that I don't want to see. And he offers it to us. And you get real cranky when you don't want to do, do get shit real cranky. you don't think that you That's don't want to do. Yeah. That's very true. It I'm does. rude about it. It's, it was true back then as well. <laughs> yes, it was more true back then, I think, yes, maybe than now. True. So, so uh, at you know, midnight, when we get off the show and back to our apartment complex from the site... And we're all ready to go get drunk and, and stoned and laid somewhere uh, with a bunch of theater kids and, and circus freaks. He's shaking this DVD at us and like, guys, why don't we watch this? Uh, why don't we watch 24 tonight? And like I'm like, fuck you. The Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I'm like, fuck you, man. Whatever. You, no, we don't want to watch that. And so I leave. I come back in a couple of hours, like ready to crash. And he's waited. When he hasn't waited, he, you were like twenty minutes in, thirty minutes in. Maybe you had just finished the first episode, something like that. Yeah, he was not. He had not. He waited a long time before he got started for whatever reason. But he was. He was almost one episode deep, or maybe he had just finished the first. I walk out the door, and he's like, "Dude, this is really good. You should watch this." And I'm like, "Well, I'm not really ready to go to sleep yet. I'll watch the first one with you." We stayed up and watched all yes, four all of them. Four of them. Uh, so for for him, he spent five hours watching that first episode. By the end of those four episodes, I had a tremendous amount more respect for Andre. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland brought us together. That's all I'm saying. Nice. If he hadn't saved the world back in what was that like 2004? So, yes. 2000. And, no, it's earlier than that. 2001. So what did you think of him until that point? Like before Kiefer, of, what did you think of, of him? Joel? Yeah. Yes. Oh, excuse me. No, it's all right. I'm I'm Joel. You and you and I can be our real people. He's the only one that, okay. that hides behind a mask. Yes. So does Batman, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. At, up to that point, I I didn't have anything that I like loved about Joel, <laughs> but you know, like we were coexisting at this theater. We had previously coexisted at um, the theater in in college, 
and I knew he was very intelligent and very in love with his own opinions. <laughs> <laughs> now, interestingly enough, it, nothing's changed except for I just really love him a lot. Yes, yes. That's, he's, he's still the asshole. We always knew he was. Yes. No, I was I was trying to tell – somebody the other day was telling me about – I can't even remember what it was. But some, some you know, uh, some issue or topic that I'm slightly left of center on or, and definitely left of center on around here, they were like, don't you think that some of your friends, you know, disagree with you on this and i'm like i think my friends like me for me whether they agree or disagree with my opinions like they like me for me and and if they don't like me for me then they're not my friends are they yeah. you know like um i'm a little rough around the edges i like you as I are you. you look a little like leonardo <laughs> <laughs> you just like to squint when you're around me and <laughs> yeah there you go I'm, I'm jack floating off the the raft all over again i watched him today by the way yeah yeah i watched a little of the departed all right. It's a damn good movie, man. Yes. So. Uh, we, we were going back. Where, where were we? You were, we were just you putting this back on, on you. Okay. There you go. That's a good start. So what was your opinion on me? Oh, you. And I really hope it's changed. <laughs> it, Mine did. No, it didn't. <laughs> was opinion, who you were, didn't. I'm hoping his opinion on me may not have changed, but the person that I was did. Oh, okay. That's I got you. 100% correct. I've listened to every episode of this awesome podcast, and you certainly have changed in lots of ways. When I met you, it was in an acting class, and you were literally like the class clown or the class um, – the person everybody loved to – The deviant? Yes, the deviant. One, because our professor saw you and he was like, is this the fourth time you've taken this class? <laughs> And he kind of laughed to himself, and you're like, yep. <laughs> and so it, it's easy credits, man. <laughs> so anyway, all that to say that you – that was like the first day of class that he was like, oh, Mr. Other Guy, you're here again. And I was like, oh, he's an interesting fellow. And you told funny stories. You still do. Um, but a lot of us are – Excited and surprised about the way you turned out. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? What are you saying? What is, path was I on? What was uh, dead in a ditch? Dead in a ditch by your mid twenties. I think a lot of us had had some money on that. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Just I would say there were a lot of ways your story could have ended. Happily married. Uh, and successful businessman, not one that a lot of people would have put money on. It, man, it takes a good woman, man. <laughs> That's a true story. It takes a good woman. Here's, uh, here's something else. Like, um, So I've been trying to hook up uh, – my wife and I actually both, you know, we've been trying to hook up people that we know, right? Uh, because when you're married, it helps to hang out with people if they're also in a relationship. I've mentioned this before. Single right. people don't – it's tough for a single person to make it into a, a marriage on their own merits. Um. So we're trying to hook up our friends so we can hang out with them more. Yeah. Um, one of our friends kept asking, but isn't like – I've heard that he's a player. That guy's a player. I don't – I know he's your friend, but, you know, I don't, wanna, I don't want my number to get higher on a player. Like, is there going to be a relationship? And it's like this, man. From my experience, every dude – every dude is a player. 
until they find the right one. I I don't know that every guy is. Some guys like cross their fingers and every and guy looking out for, every guy looking for pussy is a player until he finds the right one. <laughs> okay, yes, that's that, that's a true that story. Yes, yes, that's a true story. Okay. Yes, yes. If that if that's what they were there for, they can occasionally be talked into staying for more. <laughs> Mostly they will be looking for another piece of that if that's what they came for. Right. Not all guys are necessarily looking for that. I say that because there's a dude here in the room who never did those things that 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 you and I did. I look, you and I have been varying degrees of dog at, at many points in our past. I I haven't known this guy his whole life, but the entire time that I've known him, he was never ever a dog. He was lots of things. He was never, ever a dog. It's because when he was well, a child, he ate a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> and that purity has just shined through. That's, that's, that's part of the childhood in Romania that we want to get to here that's in a right. minute. I, this, is, this is very exciting. We talked about this earlier. Wait, did you, were you born in Romania? Yes, born I in Romania. I did not know this. The first generation immigrant, dude. Oh, man, I knew your parents were. I thought you were born here. Nope. I, I came when I was four. To the United States. You, wow. I know. See, I thought you were older than that. I was thinking that you were like, you know, like ten or eleven or something no, like that. that. I mean, I have cousins that were that age when that moved came. to that right. age, but I, not me. So the whole family <laughs> fucking moved. A lo- our family kind of migrated in pieces. Were you gypsies? Our- <laughs> yes. <Yeah! laughs> no, we were. We really were. But um, <laughs> they like. We had some uncles and aunts and their nuclear family that came about five or six months before before we came, and we lived in this three-story high-rise building where we were everybody. Like, all our family lived in this one building in Philadelphia for about a year, and then— Did they call it Little Romania? <laughs> I wish they would have. <laughs> it's, it's like— You don't mess with Little Romania. That's right. <laughs> I, and this is one of the reasons why now, like, looking back, like, I want to kick— young me like why did you ever not like this guy like this is exactly this is the perfect fucking american story like this is exactly what you want out of like the the the, what's the what am i trying to the american dream there you go that's the phrase that i was looking for you if you don't mind i know you've told it like a million times but like the story of how your father and your uncle petitioned yeah for citizenship is fucking beautiful if you want to tell like a an abbreviated version of that or something yeah i will um it was my grandfather and his brother, they're the two oldest in their family. So they would go daily to the American embassy uh, the, or I guess Romanian embassy that was in charge of the visas for, for Romania and petition and say, we want to get out of this country. We want political and religious freedoms and you're not giving it to us. So why would you ever say – if you're Romania, why would you ever say yes? Well, no, but well, they, they didn't say yes for for like four years. And for those, there's a lot of folks too young to remember even the Soviet Union, let alone anything that it had to do with. And and that's that's what we're talking about here. Where it's an offshoot of the Soviet Union, right? The mm-hmm. government there in yes. Romania at the time, mm-hmm. the the uh, the despot's name was Ceausescu. There you yeah. go. And so you're literally living. Your family's literally living under an oppressive regime, right? Uh, and you're talking about. Uh, so not just like the lack of political freedoms or like ability to move around in society, but even religious persecution going on at the time too. Right. Yeah, because they're um, my family is Christian and evangelical Christian, not like Greek Orthodox, which was the the religion of choice at that time. And they would allow you to practice your Greek Orthodox um, her- like services, but not your Christian 
evangelical services. Anything so, that had more like a Western tint to it right. was like no. Right. And they would do like un, like churches in their house, um, Bible studies in the homes and things like that. Um, That's amazing, that was, man. Yeah, it really is interesting. And so how long a process are we talking about now? They went day after day, week after four, week. Four years. And they like made friends with the guards, and they made friends with the basically everybody. Like, oh, here they come again. Well, one of the guards called them and said, "We have your visas. They are ready. You must get on the plane." You know, like <laughs> like, like now, like, just the two of them. Well, they he. It was my grandfather and his wife, and a, like an aunt of ours, and then the his brother's family as well. So his brother, his wife, and two children. And then through that, they let other members of our family go as well. So once the first, you know, once the first of you guys made it, it made it easier for – But even so, like the day they went to the airport, the TSA, let's call them, like stopped them and said, wait, there's something wrong with their paperwork and put them in a small room and – they boarded the rest of the plane, and they were like, oh, wow, we're literally not going to get to leave now. Wow. And they let them go at the last minute and let them board, like let them take a seat, and then they shut the doors. So, like, so I'm just – I'm going to fuck with you one last time. <laughs> yes, one exactly. last time. One last right. time. One last screw job. But so once once the family makes it to the States, or um, like is there ever a time where you're like – Okay, well, we're going to be called back. Or like once you guys get here, you're in the system and you're always pretty confident. It's a path to citizenship eventually now. Right. I mean, I don't know if there were like secret murmurings of the family like, oh, our visa is about to expire. Nobody told me about that. (laughs) You were too young to to remember any of the issues. I remember like in fourth grade, my parents saying, guess what, Andre? Hold on. Let me try it again. Guess what, Andre? We are going to be citizens today. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? Like, you will be an American. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Okay, great. That's <laughs> Does this mean and, ice cream? Is yeah. Mickey Mouse coming <laughs> to my house? And you were four? No, fourth grade. Fourth? No shit, fourth grade. Yeah. Fourth grade, you didn't know what American citizenship was. You were a dumb fucking kid, man. <laughs> well, you, you, you meant, why is, how is that any different than yesterday? I thought I like, right. I thought this is already, aren't we already? Like, yeah. I'm speaking English. I'm going to school. Like, I learned oh, about. You're saying you didn't know you weren't an American Correct. citizen. Yeah, like, All right. they just said, hey. And you moved here when you were four? Correct. Man, yeah. you're a dumb fucking four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> There's that heart we love. That's right. <laughs> so, so uh, w- did you like? Did you swear the oath? Like, did you? You see it in the movies. Like, yeah, got to cover your heart and raise your hand and swear to uphold the constitution. Did they ask you who the first president was? They, my parents. They, my, I'm basically grandfathered in right. through my parents. So I did not go to the swearing in ceremony. They did it, and as a result, I'm now a citizen. But they had to take a test, U.S. history test. They um, they did the swearing in the oath and all that. So, well. like growing up, I mean, and I, I, of course I've met I've met your parents and and they're both lovely and they're literally as lovely as Andre is. When you meet them, you have no more questions about where he came from <laughs> or if it's genuine. Like the combination of his mother and father is exactly what he is. It's perfect. Um, but in your house, like, are are they very? Like, I mean, I know they're proud of their Romanian heritage, and you guys uh, follow Romanian soccer and things like that, for instance. But do you – like, was it 
are, we're proud to be Americans and we want you to speak English very well and we want you to know all about American history. And Yes, all of that. There are two factions of my family, the people that still live in Philadelphia that are like Romanian pride and they – make their kids speak Romanian all the time in the home. It's like you're never Romanian enough for that. Oh, yeah. I'm like (laughs) – I don't think I'm loved by them. (laughs) (laughs) You are not Romanian. His blood is uh, false. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Well, because my parents are like the opposite, like especially my grandparents. So it sounds like they grabbed a hold of the American dream and was like, this is what we're fucking doing. Correct. This is why we came over here. Yes. And you're just like – we just wanted uh, more freedoms, but fuck, let's do what we want. Yeah. That's the worst exactly. Romanian accent of all time. <laughs> that was great. I'm te- hey, I'm terrible at accents, man. Uh, why did you end up coming to this? Why did you end up coming to our school? I ended up coming. So my after a year of living in Pennsylvania, my grandparents moved to Texas and help my dad find a job in Texas because they wanted some kids to live close by. So me and my family. So you were your whether or not that other side of your family loves you or not, you were your grandparents' favorite. Um, <laughs> that not not necessarily. There's <laughs> there's some other cousins that are that are possibly <laughs> higher up on the list. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, we like Andre, okay, but Mortimer. That that's, that's right. the that's the real heir right there. That's Mortimer. Right. He's he's the one I'm pinning my hopes. Mortimer on. doesn't yeah. sound. I don't. Romanian. I couldn't think of Romanian. I, I didn't know other than his sister. I didn't know any other Romanian names. I don't know. You think they'd probably be fairly Russian sounding? I don't know. What's I, okay? Vlad. Yeah, yeah that's the only know. Russian name I know. Vladimir uh, is a Romanian name because it's Dracul. Yeah, there Damn. you go. My uh, cousin's like name that. Simeon. <laughs> Simeon. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Simeon. It's uh, uh, from the uh, uh, Tordor. Yes. <laughs> These are good. These yeah. are Beezer. I don't know that one. I don't know one. that one. Beezer? You don't know Beezer? Uh, <laughs> uh, how about Kratzmir? Do- how about Doozer? Kratzmir? <laughs> All right. Kratzmir? I'll, uh, I'll go there. <laughs> the Romanian judge. The Romanian judge <laughs> is giving it a six. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. Uh, uh, so... The hell I got lost. What were we talking about? Uh, that he just made it to Texas. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, So, you, so we family in, moved to Texas. Which, by the way, your father did what in Romania? My father was a doctor in Romania, a pediatrician. And when he moved here? He did. He had to retake the USMLE, which I think was called like the CAPS at that time. You just completely no. lost Sorry. me on this story. USMLE is like uh, – Mostly because – I was really hoping he's going to be like a fucking cobbler or something, man. <laughs> like a little shoemaker. <laughs> this is this isn't even this is even like like the story itself doctor? is awesome. I'm I'm here's what I'm saying. I'm saying why has someone not made a film about this story? About the rich doctor's kid making it to fucking America while the cobbler's still digging ditches and peeling potatoes? No, but but listen, the the doctor, first of all, he's not a rich no doctor. No wonder you're so goddamn nice. You got a lot to be fucking nice about. He's not a rich doctor. Fucking Yuri back there still peeling <laughs> potatoes. I just left Wien. my car in Ohio. Ween <laughs> Lord. Yeah, Ween Lord. Would kill, he would move into Yuri would move into that fucking car. Ween Ween can I go to America where we have disposable vehicles? Ween <laughs> Ween Lord. Ween Ween is my time. Ween is Vlad's time. No, <laughs> Yuri Yuri right? Not Vlad. Yeah, Yuri <laughs> Yuri the. The cobbler's son. No, not a, not a rich doctor necessarily, but a doctor. This dude's a, a learned man. He's got a freaking trade and a and a probably a secure life. He gives all of that up. And 
I'm going to be a taxi driver. I'm going to be a trash man. I'm going to be whatever I'm going to be. I'm going to start all over again with my schooling and have to go through all the certification process. That like puts the cherry on the top. I'm serious, man. We, we ought to know some people in the movie business. We could make a movie out of sure. this. Well, the, my my <laughs> family is working on a script. I know that's you probably hear that all the time. But seriously, are they, they really? Yeah, I, I, that's something that's. We've all talked about, like, we need to put this on paper. Well, and here's the thing, too. Like, in, in parti- and I mean, I don't mean this to be crass at no, all, but fine. in particular, the fact that this is uh, wrapped up with a, it's a Christian family, an right. evangelical Christian yes. family. There are a million, like, family market companies that are just looking to spend money making these kinds of films. You Correct. know what I mean? That could be like a really well made movie. You spend $10 million on it, you promote it with two. To, to church groups and youth exactly. groups and you know community groups, you can make a nice return and and have a satisfying story told too. Yeah, and it's a story worth telling. That's my point. Anyway, so uh, here's here's the deal. I would I would if that were if that were a movie I would watch it. I because I, if you have like he has something to be proud of and make it into a movie, that's fantastic. I don't want anybody to make a movie of my family. <laughs> yeah, Not that it wouldn't be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> There's just some things that needs to stay in the family. <laughs> Be more Hatfields and McCoys. <laughs> yes, but with each other. Kinda. Uh, mine's mine's not mine's just not exciting. Truthfully, I mean, I you know I got a handful of of exciting relatives, and there's a there's a couple of uh of deep dark stories if you go back a few generations. But everybody's got deep dark stories if you go back a few generations in America, man. So. We were talking about you making your way to Texas. Oh, yeah. We were in Texas. Somewhere in Texas. From Texas, we eventually moved to Louisiana. That was about 92. It's a good choice um, in 92. Yeah. A good year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're a Bulls so then, fan. Yeah. Well, I was not a Bulls fan, but that's that's okay. But I anyway, we don't have to talk about my, my love of love-hate relationship with Michael Jordan right now. Um <laughs> I love you're the only kid in the '90s that didn't like Michael Jordan. That's it's correct. Like you and anyone that lived in Seattle, yeah, or or Detroit, or yeah, yeah, yeah. good call. Yeah, you Detroit, tried, Detroit, if you were born Utah. in Romania, you would never be in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> what gives you the right? I like George Murashan. <laughs> I like Vladi Diva. That's <laughs> who I wholly place the phenomenon of flopping on. If it weren't for Vladi, flopping would not have made its way into the NBA for quite some time. I, Vladi's pre-Reggie Miller, right? Around the same time, yeah, we're, we're going we're going NBA nerd here for just a second. Yeah, but Vladi was, ridiculous. Vladi was a terrible flopper. I think Reggie Miller would have would have originated that on his own if he didn't have the inspiration of Vladi. But I mean, I think they're they're floppers pre that. Vladi just lifted it to an art form, definitely. You know, he, uh, yeah. he made it gamesmanship, man. <laughs> made it gamesmanship. So in '92, you find your way to the boot. Correct. You and, and yep. your wild band of gypsies. Yes, my my awesome family. <laughs> right, <laughs> man. Even when you got here, your guys were still kind of gypsies. Yeah, yeah. We, like we wandering lived in, all around. And then you went to school for places. theater, which is a very gypsy thing to do. Yes. <laughs> we, uh, where where is the wagon train, and uh, where are my scarves? I will tell your fortune. <laughs> I will tell your fortune. Uh, so here's the deal. This question I always want to know. Uh, so your dad, your dad's a doctor. Yes. Right. What did he? What did your family think when you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow this theater gig? Oh wow, it was did not go over well. <laughs> it, I don't. It didn't go over. 
And how I, and what it described not well okay, in so, your household. Well, like, like that's you a good didn't question. Get, like you didn't get dessert before bed. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> it wasn't like happened? like you're no son of mine. Get out of here. You know, it wasn't like that. It was like it wasn't a Phil Collins a, song. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> um, it was more like an unspoken tension. Really, that they didn't. They would uh, very occasionally like. Oh, so what is your backup plan <laughs> in case this acting thing doesn't work? You know, um, that like that might have happened one time. Like, what's your backup plan? And then besides that, it was just anytime I'd be like, well, I, you know, I really want to really want to be an actor. They would just kind of roll their eyes and sit in silence. <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh, they don't approve. You are terrible. At least you could act like our son. <laughs> Learn science. It will get you far. <laughs> But I, I, I love they to were the stars. The science goes <laughs> like they were so supportive in general that their silence was deafening to yes, you and was like, definitely. oh, like and you, your sad Charlie Brown music walking away yes. from the living room. So, but it, in the end, it worked out for you. You're not an actor, right? But at the same time, you found your way into show business. Yes, and honestly, the this kind of comes full circle. I don't know that my parents were ever truly proud of me until this past year when I I work I, – you've mentioned this on the show. I work on the TV show Dallas. Yes. And I do all the extras casting for the show. And we they, our producer had a day where you could bring your family to the set. And so uh, we all had lunch there and then we took a set tour. And my parents love the show. They've started to watch it. They don't. It's watch a really it. good show. It is. It's a good show. Yeah. It's um, entertaining. It's well written. Um, and the actors. Sometimes you'll read the script before the actors before you see it um, come to life. And you'll read the script and think, "Oh, this is a little cheesy," but the actors do a good job of bringing it to life. Yes. So you're saying, so you're um, saying the show has some shitty writers. Like you don't know how phenomenal this acting is because you don't see this crap writing. No, it's I. You know what I heard? I I listened to an episode of the BS Report today actually, and they were talking about the Mad Men finale, and they were talking about Game of Thrones, they were mm-hmm. talking about Gandolfini dying, and then they were talking specifically about Scandal, which is a show that I don't watch. But one of the comments that the and I wish I could remember the guest, but one of the comments he made was, "We've got this ridiculous." definition that we hold up for what a real drama is supposed to be like and if it, if a show doesn't meet that definition we kind of toss it aside as oh that must be a guilty pleasure the fact of the matter is dallas is not trying to do what breaking bad does or what game of thrones does or whatever like dallas is trying to do what dallas has always done so we just for the modern era. so no 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 no, no. and it's no. not and it's it's not bad writing. It's specific writing. It's like you can't read the script for Star Wars against the script for The Godfather and really judge them against each other. It's a different tone. Uh, here, it's a different. Here's the deal. I. Uh, it's, it's like Kabuki or something. It's a different kind of theater. Whoever writes for True Blood is fucking terrible. Okay, well, I don't understand. I don't understand that phenomenon at all. I I think you're. I think like people who hate. Uh, shows from Boston that are from Boston. They're like, everybody gets the accent wrong. I think that's just an issue where you don't like the geography being screwed up and you don't like the accents being so screwed up and just generally they get like our region wrong and so you're biased against the show from the from the offset. No, here's the line that turned me off to the show. I know exactly what fucking line made me go, this is ridiculous. No to True Blood. All right. Uh, one of the characters said... 
my mama made me hoe cakes. <laughs> Who the fuck says hoe cake anymore? <laughs> um, I what is a what is a hoe cake? Is that a pancake? I couldn't tell you. Could not tell you what a fucking hoe cake was. I think it's kind of a cornbread cake. It's what a hoe cake is, and you put some uh, honey and syrup on it. After and it's, you, cooked. it's almost like a biscuit or so, like a fried biscuit uh, or something. I think it's closer to hot water cornbread, but griddled. Griddled? Yeah. Wow. You know, I don't, I don't know anyone who's ever made a hoe cake. Exactly. Exactly. Fucking exactly. <laughs> like, where did this write it? Like, did he? Did he? Like, ooh, my 18th century Southern colloquialism. <laughs> <laughs> like, where do you pick this shit up at? Not around here. No, not you, not fucking anywhere. You know, you know uh, a show that has never once mentioned hoe cake. What's that? Dallas. That's correct. It's a, it's a true damn story. <laughs> how did, so how did you? Here's what I want to know because I've been a fan of Jr. from way back in the mm. day. How the hell did you get the job casting extras on Dallas? Great question. I was because okay, I so, mean your parents aren't like. You said you said maybe your parents have never been proud of you until and they walk off the set and they're like he has a real job. Yeah. This is a this is a real thing that is going on now. But um, but I mean like not for nothing that is your this is your first big yeah uh, break or not break sure. or whatever. But like this is your first real step out into like this is a major production right here that we're responsible for. Yes. Um, I so I took um, when I was working in the little college town that we live in that. Um, that I don't live in anymore, but that <laughs> I used to live time. in. Yeah. Um, when I was working here, I took an acting class in, in the big city about an hour away. All right. And the gentleman who taught that acting class, I guess I can say his name. Yeah. His name is Ryan Glorioso. You can look him up. Glorioso Casting. Um, he, it was before he had started his own casting company. He was an acting teacher and had done some extras casting. I used to work as an extra. Um, when I was working in that little town. And he sent out an email I got on his email list, sent out an email to teach an acting class. And I was like, I should do that. I, You know, I'm kind of out of the theater world, and I really want to get into acting. And this guy seems like a good guy to know. And so I took an acting class and paid like $250 for like four-week session. We went twice a week. I right. thought that was a good value for what you got. Anyway, we you know had a good rapport, and so when I moved to that big town, and he's like, "Look, uh, no offense, you're never going to be an actor, <laughs> but I got a place for you." That's right. That's right. Um, I just told him I was in town. He said, "Well, you know, I can you just come and help me answer phones in my office, and I'll pay you fifty dollars." I was like, "Oh, that sounds great. That's a really fun idea." Um, how, how does this this Sounds real skeezy. Like I feel like you're about to be cast for porn. <laughs> like, I feel like uh, this is where the story's going. Now, now, before anybody can see your tapes, uh, we're going to have to get some pre-roll footage <laughs> yeah. of you, and so I'm going to need to see your Johnson. That's right. And so, uh, hey, you just stand up against that wall right there by the leather couch, and uh, I'm going to put this camera here. And by, by answering phones, I meant suck my dick. <laughs> this is why your mother and father were worried about you, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> just exactly. go with this dude's he, like, that seems strange. I think Andre I think is going to have to do the gay stuff. That. That's that's the way it works in the Hollywood. Yeah. Well, the, just to, to be fair, for time editing sake of the story, like months had passed. Yes. I'd moved to town. I'd taken his acting class. One random day, I was I was working at a dead end job, and one random day he calls and says, "Hey, will you come in? We're working on this film. My assistant just quit. Will you come and answer phones?" 
um, and, you know, kind of book some extras, whatever. Come assist me. Exactly. <laughs> so long story short, I ended up working in his office on that film. And then every time he'd get new films, he would call me. I became part of his his crew, let's his say. En- oh, you're, you were an entourage. Yes, part of his entourage. Well, that he, well but, yeah. but we, but we all pays. know, I mean, from the few gigs that you and I had, other guy in, you in theater. Yeah, it's all about oh, who yeah. you know. I mean, and everybody tells you, like, the first gig is the, uh, always the hardest one to get. And if you do well on that one, the next one will be easy. And the one yes. after that will be easier and easier and easier and so forth and so on. Like, uh, good workers will continue to get good work. And it's a small world. Right. Everybody, nobody wants to work with the jerk, and nobody wants to work twice with the person who doesn't get the job done. So right. you, you, those people fall away pretty quickly. So, you, But you kind of bubbled up in his organization. Yeah. Right. And worked with him for years, four years or so, um, on various sizes of films, um, from small movies that you haven't heard of to some that you may have. And I mean, uh, Louisiana. The Louisiana film industry like, exploded, when you especially in this area, like yeah, after, like Katrina. after Katrina. Mm-hmm. Every all the productions that happened in New Orleans and around New Orleans all moved right. to Shreveport, and then they yes. found out, hey, it's close to Dallas. It's convenient to New Orleans. This is a great place to work. Right. And then there were also there was tax benefits and all other mm-hmm. reasons why the film industry. But Correct. you you hit a bubble. You hit a perfect bubble right. to start. Absolutely. Um, I met a girl. Um, Ooh, yes. <laughs> the story gets more interesting. So I started uh, doing online dating in 2009 and met a girl in Dallas and fell in love and thought, I, I really want to move to Dallas. I don't want to, you know, she has a job. She's very established. I would like to move to her rather than making her move to me. And I started sending out resumes to film people there to, to try to get a job similar to the job I had as an assistant in a casting office. And this nice lady, there's one nice lady. Everybody else were jerks and didn't uh, give a crap. Um, one nice lady hired me to work on a show that got canceled really quickly. Ooh, called what was it? Lone Star on Fox. Mm. It was an awesome show. I like, remember you working on this. I don't I don't think I watched the show. I don't yeah. think I remember. I mean, I mean, no, nobody had a chance. Yeah, nobody did. It was, yeah. it was two weeks into into its run, it got canceled. Who was in it? Um, James. Uh, well, John Voight was the was the main. Oh, actor. really? Yeah, um, he's a great actor. Yeah, too. yeah, really great actor. Uh, he was I on. Think he's not in t- I don't think the generation now is in touch with him though. It was on Fox. You said yes on Fox. Yeah, well, that's it the was, reason it got yanked so quickly. It, it Fox took is twenty four spot on after the last season of twenty four. It took that Monday night at like nine p.m. Oh wow, twenty four was on. So they had huge hopes, and it really should have been like. On FX or A and E or some other, with a little dialed down expectations. Exactly, like this is more a niche show. Yes, this is not for everybody not at eight show. o'clock on. Yeah, right. Yeah, Against yeah, yeah. Dancing with the Stars and Monday Night Football, and yeah, the fact yeah. of the matter is, you got to program broad now for network right. TV. Like, and it's you, and you can't fault them for doing it. Like we. We sub- if you look at the ratings, the only thing that gets more than ten million or more than a than a ten spot uh, is is live sports mm-hmm. or vocal competitions yeah. or dancing competitions or whatever. Uh, you know. Here's a show that I don't think should have made it. What? Uh, like I'd much rather watch Lone Star. I've never seen it. Don't know the premise of it. I know I'd rather watch it than this show. All right. Uh, Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> yeah, call- were- oh, that's also on a specialty cable network. Uh, it's on that ABC is family. that is is it really? Mm-hmm. That's on the Family Channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is one of the wife's favorite show, and it it drives me 
bonkers. Uh, you were telling me about it earlier. The short version of it is it's it's the it's like. Uh, I know what you did last summer, yeah, except yes. with text messages. You know, it's modernized like version out of that. Four years for seasons, yeah, right, right. And here's the and here's the deal is, uh, so the bad guy is simply known by A, right. So A is terrorizing these bitches, man, like, <laughs> like making their life miserable. Anything you can do, like, to to just screw with a high school chick, she does that and more. It goes way like people start dying. But here's the deal is. No matter where they're at, this fucking A always is, or somebody working with A, or what the fuck ever, but they're always there and sending them text messages, so they're obviously seeing what's going on. Who the fuck has the time to sit around and follow these cunts all goddamn day <laughs> just to send them a fucking text message? Like, what does this person do? What is their job so they can support themselves to do this? <laughs> you're, you're saying, just like in the world of Batman... Just ask yourself, who can yes. afford to do this? Yes, who was rich enough to be A? That's the fucker. <laughs> like, who was rich enough to be Batman? Who could support the Batman lifestyle? Bruce Wayne, done. <laughs> All that detective work for nothing. Yeah, like, this is, this is like, four seasons? Dude, so, two weeks, solved, done. Um, so you're saying that you, uh, Pretty Little Liars does not get the other guy's stamp of approval? I have. I hate it. But let me tell you, this A person is a real cunt. Um, we're actually going to talk later about who is the best bitch on TV. That's going to be our yeah, best this week. Yeah, because we have a TV person. Since we so got a TV person this week. And not only that, but his show is full of great, great bitches True. on TV. I mean, there's there's at least a couple of backstabbers on and there. And it's incredibly hard for for the Romania to say anything negative about anybody. So <laughs> that's, true, that's true. We'll find who, who his favorite B on TV is yes. a little bit later in the show. Um, uh, we were talking about Lone Star, though. So you get one nice lady. Yes, one nice Quit lady hired work. me. She, she was way in way over her head. She like as soon as I started working with her, I knew I was more experienced than she was in this type of casting. She does commercials. She does um, like these Walmart real people commercials. Those that you've seen about like, hey, I'm here with a real family. Right. She she's cast a lot of those in Texas and things like that. But Lone Star was a, a different animal because it was a big network show. And they had high expectations, and the people who come and work regionally still have that L.A. mindset. So they'll be like, we want 100 hot chicks. And you're like, oh, that's great. Um, I, I might so, can find 10 yes, if I, I looked find, for a week. <laughs> right. I mean, like, like you'll, you, can, you can book that. That's not, like, outrageously difficult now, but at that time with her database, it wasn't, like, an easy task. And she would freak out. And then she got – I'm digressing for a little bit, but she would get other phone calls to work on other projects, and she would take those jobs and get super overwhelmed. And anyway, all that to say that after three or four weeks, she wanted to quit, and she did quit, and they hired another lady in her spot and used me as that lady's assistant. Um, eventually, that second lady, when Lone Star ended, took me to work on a different show, which was great. So she and had then, an eye for talent. Uh, apparently so. It's well, a good, um, I, casting agent's a good job for her. Sounds to me like he was keeping the ship running, and she she was like, ah, I got a good thing here. I got a worker bee who yes. you know, doesn't know how much to ask to get paid, I think. You know, <laughs> is what it amounted to. Um, well, and then <laughs> like, eventually, This dude's working for peanuts. I'm still paying him $50 a week. He's answering the phones and stuff is what he thinks his job is. he'll move anywhere I want him to. <laughs> 
damn gypsy, gypsy disposition. Come with me, man. Come, come with me, monkey. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you, you, you were raised. Me. This is what you get. This is what you get, other guy, when you raise him in communism. That's a willing. <laughs> we're doing it all wrong. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so. So you followed her to the next I show. I followed her to the next show. She had. She worked on Walker, Texas Ranger and um, Prison Break and oh, had wow. has had years and years under her belt and was just burned out. So when our show ended, it was called – it was Chase on NBC about the U.S. Marshal, blonde U.S. Marshal lady. Yeah. Um, I watched like a couple episodes of that. Yeah. Again, I didn't I, I like – I love NBC. Like I'm always rooting for NBC. Too. So every time they launch a big show, mm-hmm. I'm always like, please be good. Right. <laughs> no, it's not good. <laughs> I was – let me tell you something. I'm still heartbroken over uh, – what was the one about the, the – it's not the time traveler's wife, but it's the one that was like that. What it was from a few fuck? years ago. Uh, uh, it was the guy from uh, – the blonde guy that was on uh, Rome. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. He's made some movies since then too. Anyway, he was like a journalist. He was like a newspaper writer or whatever. And all of a sudden he started jumping through time. It was huh. like kind of like to the time traveler's wife, okay. the movie, kind of like Quantum, Quantum Leap. Leap. Okay. Kind of like – you know, it was like a lot of those things hey, all put hey, together. If you're going to cast that show, a show like that – you can't get a substitute for Scott Bakula. <laughs> oh, no. This dude was way – like, they played it at a whole different, like, tone, too. But anyway, that was – I'm like I say, I'm still a little torn up about that one. It only went, like, 12 episodes, I think, and then it got canned. Wow. But, like, that's – I'm like, that show could have gone for years. It was such good acting. Anyway. Anyway, so she got burned out. The producer of Dallas called her and said, hey, I'd really want you to cast this. And she just said, I don't have it in me to do a series. But I have this really great assistant. His name is Andre. He's really ready to take the next step. Um, you should bring him in for an interview. So they called me in for an interview. And and so she kind of gave me her blessing basically. And and that's how I got Dallas. That's that's pretty much the story. Um, so they kind of took a chance on you. Yeah, I mean, they did. With, with some backing and recommendation and whatever. But like right. you, would, you, you hadn't proved that you could do it. Correct. That's he, awesome. Here's the thing. I think – I think for you, I think anytime you get an interview, you're kind of lock that job down. Well, thanks. Like I, it's hard not it's hard not to sit down and talk with you and not like you and want to be around you. Yeah, thanks. I'll agree with that. Yeah, so I mean, for the future, anytime you're like, oh, come in for an interview, you're like, oh, I got this shit. <laughs> I, I do feel like interviewing is a strong skill of mine. I. For the next three years, spent my time thinking. I hope they didn't make a huge mistake. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, obviously now the show. It. I was going to say they have it. The show's wrapped its second season. Are you guys already in production for three? No, we'll start. I mean, there's. I don't know the date yet, but it'll be mid September or early October, something like that. And and it's been a big hit for TNT. Uh, last season, I know was a was a big deal. You brought back. It seems like. Everybody that had ever been on the show pretty much came yes. back. There were a lot of um, uh, you know big stars from the past that had returns, and not just returns, but like wrapped up storylines mm-hmm. and really tied it in with the with the older series. Um, and of course, there was also the death of Larry Hagman. I, did you did you ever get to meet him? I did. I, I mean, I, he wouldn't know my name, right? But I, you know, he would he would come to our production office where I have my little 
cubicle area, and he would go to every department and say, hi, I'm Larry Hagman. And, like, he doesn't shake hands, but he would <laughs> he fist, fist bump. bump? Yeah. You, like Howie yes. Mandel? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, because he was a germaphobe, like – that's yeah. awesome. Larry Hagman fist bumps or fist bumped, I, I should right. say. God rest not his soul. Not because he wanted, not because he thought it was cool. No, but he, but I'm, well, the Howie Mandel's the same way. He fist bumps because I don't want to touch your hands. And I, I appreciate that and respect the germ. I'm a little Definitely. bit of a germaphobe myself. I'm I, I say that as you, ta- you douse yourself in germex on like a regular basis. Feels. You're a weird guy, as I said <laughs> earlier. <laughs> I, so, uh, so we should say, though, um, and I actually ask you this on the way over, like, okay, well, do you want to be yourself? Do you want to talk about who you are? But what's the name of your company? It's Legacy Casting. And where you, can people find you? You can find us on the internet at LegacyCasting.com. We have a, you know, a decent website. We have – hold on. Let me, let me rephrase that. My wife would be very upset with that answer. Is we she have a the great, web person? She, she's basically like the PR, and she wants me to sell myself – to the most instead of like, because I'm kind of a humble guy. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm working on this show, Dallas. You know, whatever. Um, and she's like, no, you need to be proud and sell it. You know, she's very entrepreneurial and she's like, I thought I married like, a uh, gypsy who went to acting school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she said, no, she. This shouldn't be this hard. She thinks I married a gypsy who went to acting school and I made him a president of his own company. You know, like that's. And it's true. And it is true. You guys are you guys are successful. You, you're running your own successful business. Like, and I mean, I see I see you guys tweeting and posting from you know late night on the set and like, hey, it's midnight and I need you know <laughs> six dozen right. extras tomorrow right. morning at six a.m. Where are we going to find them? Um, so I know you're hustling, but at the same time, you're doing what you love, right? Yes. Like you do really enjoy yeah, it's really fun. this. And okay, so if people are in so if, Texas, Louisiana, they want to do extra work. Yes, go to legacycasting.com. The top. There's a, a link that says get registered or there, it says legacy actors. You'll click on it, click register. It'll take you to a site for our online database, which is called mycastingfile.com. We didn't create it. We are – a bunch of other casting directors are using it, but it's a great way to get signed up. And and you guys – obviously Dallas is the biggest one that you're working on right now, but you, you're doing other movies. Mm-hmm. You're doing other projects yeah. too. Is there something else that you're working on that you want to mention that you can mention? Um, Sure. I – I did Olympus Has Fallen last summer. Yes, so I forgot the, all about that. The the other biggest thing we've worked on. Um, and I don't know if you're following Ain't Them Bodies Saints. Yes. Um, Wait, yeah, what? I worked on that as well. A- uh, the name of the movie is Ain't Them Bodies Saints. Yes. It's uh, uh, Natalie Portman, right? No? No. Um, no, am I – oh, what did I – I'm confusing it with something else. Casey Affleck and Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Oh, uh, Miri, Mara. Yes, Mara. Mara. Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara. Runa, yeah. Runa, Mara, Rooney yes. Mara, Rooney Mara. That's yeah. is that the one? That's not the one on House of Cards. Not that's the, one. the other. That's one. the sister. Okay. Yeah. Right. Who? How, how fucking blessed and lucky are those bitches? <laughs> like uh, you're the granddaughters of two NFL franchises, and you're also getting gigs. <laughs> Fuck me. Well, they're. I don't. Uh, I have not seen uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo either version. I haven't seen the the oh, foreign version or the remake. It is all slow and shitty, except for one amazing, <laughs> beautiful, fucking horrific part. Really? All right yes. then. Hmm. Uh, House of Cards was amazing, and she was really good in it. Yes. Uh, so, uh, heiress or not, she's earned her her uh, role in that one. I think at least, if you say so. Yeah, whatever, man. You got to see House of Cards. It's really good. Um, 
So anyway, Eighth and Body Saints, I worked on that. I'm excited this about that. This summer, I've worked on two films. One that just finished. It's a remake of The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Oh, um, no way. Yeah. Uh, what was that about? Te- is that Texarkana, right? Texarkana, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, murders. True story. Kid. Yes. Yeah, True that's story crazy from the shit. 40s. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the old movie was uh, uh, it was it's what it was. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and this is like a an homage to that. The director, like, it was a movie that scared the crap out of him as a kid, and so he Thinking wanted he was to be kidnapped and murdered. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> um, so he wanted to to remake it. He and the, it's his first film. Though he's done American Horror Story, some episodes. Oh, wow. That. Oh, yeah. That's a good show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, that seems to be like a real common thing that you see a lot now is, is television directors graduating to – and not just like uh, film film directors, but actually like getting to kind of do their own pet projects. Like, hey, you right. did this. Now what else do you want to do? Right. And it's um, like Ryan Murphy who who produces American, American Horror, Horror Story, Story and, and Glee, Glee and everything else that's on right. television. He, he's got – Two new ones starting this year, doesn't he? I think you're right. Like I mean, he's he got a sex the new show. Last yes, the last new normals. Year. Yeah, I forgot about right. that one. That started last year, but he's got another one. Um, yeah, HBO, right? Yeah, I think so. Is about new, sex. Is he the new spelling? Uh, I don't know. It's even further than spelling because spelling did it. Like I don't know. Spelling was all like he he was like. Um, Bruckheimer or something like he had a thing like spelling made a certain kind of mo- of a certain kind of show you know what I mean and I just make that show over and over again yeah he was he was the, but uh, even spelling wasn't the writer for all of that was he like Ryan Murphy is controlling this yes all of these projects I feel like he's the um the Hughes of television the Hughes yeah Howard Hughes no wait Who's the guy that did 16 Candles and all that shit? Oh, John Hughes. Oh, John, John Hughes. Nice. Yeah. I, I, Sp- Aaron I Spelling's the John Hughes of television. And you do Ryan Murphy's the John Hughes of television. No. All right, then. <laughs> I, here's How do you what Ryan, Ryan Murphy does, like, fucking, like, some crazy off-the-wall shit. All of his shit's kind of right. weird. John Hughes didn't. It was all, like, teenager, coming of age, feel good. This is awkward shit. Yeah, well, yeah. John Hughes attached, a, like he attacked like one particular question, I think, from like a dozen different angles. Yeah, and, like what's and, it like to grow up? You know, and name Aaron Spelling shows. Uh, well, he did nine hundred two one zero, right? Yeah. He yes. did Melrose, Melrose Place. Yeah, uh, and he did was Saint Elsewhere one of his. I don't I think, think so. that's a. I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah. I think I mean, he did soap operas is what yeah, I'm saying. Like he Dynast- did, I don't know if Dynasty, Dynasty maybe, but like that but, style yes. of a – and not just soap operas, but like a particular kind of – it's upper crust. Uh, they're they're all well off. It's mostly about sex and, and scandal and that Sounds kind of like thing. Sounds like The Breakfast Club. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Breakfast enough. Club, they all, they all came together from different walks of life. Well, can I get some to listener mail? Did you say you had an if you could, a real if you could? Did you I, have an if you could? I do, yes. I do okay. have an, an if you could. Uh, let's do the if you could first, and then we'll close with the best. Okay, so in Dallas, she made this post on on Facebook, and she said, I have a film family that wants to rent a house for a month in North Dallas slash Plano, the North Dallas slash Plano area. They'll pay you. They're looking specifically for – a four-bedroom house, more bedrooms would be better, and they'd like a pool, but if not, you know, that's not that big a deal. And 
I guess my if you could is so the idea is she didn't say who it was. She said, if you are interested, contact me and I'll put you in touch with their assistant to try to hook this up. Yes, to try to, to hook talk this about up. the details and Correct. work it out. So, not knowing who it is, it could be the spellings. It could be like an accountant for some you know bull crap that you don't care. Right, about. right. It could be Tom Cruise's CPA, or it could be Brad and Angelina and the kids. Correct. Yes, or the um, Osbournes. Yeah. Would you be willing to let somebody use your house, not knowing who they are, and not knowing? Whether this will be a good, advantageous relationship, um, relationship for you. Uh, how much are they paying me? Let's say $2,000. That's it for a week? No, for a month. For a, fuck, like, no. <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, I agree with him. Here's, uh, I'm, whatever your rent is, you're right. talking about short-term occupancy. So whatever your rent is, it would have to be, I would think, four or five times uh, whatever your rent is because you got to mostly think about – uh, supplanting your own self, Correct. you and, yeah. and your wife uprooting yourself, making yourself comfortable somewhere else. That's that's before you ever even take into account, I still got to pay my rent. I still got to pay all my power bills there. I still got to take care <sighs> sure. of all the extra trouble it'll be for you working from somewhere else, et cetera, et cetera. So I agree. His question, his first question is right in yes. that it is mostly about if, if the money is decent. Right. So my, so my yes. answer was wrong. If you're not losing money on the deal – then, then yes, it would be worth it for the potential of an advantageous uh, addition to your career down the road. Yeah, doing a solid for somebody famous. Other guy, one of the first things that I learned, truthfully, by hanging out with him, and it's something I should have known all along, and maybe I did, but he definitely made it a, a tenet of my life. You will never go poor or hungry doing favors for rich people. And likewise, that's true. Yeah, you you will you will never hurt yourself by doing something positive for somebody who's already ahead in the business that you're in. Sure. So we call that the Cato Kalin philosophy. <laughs> that's a true story. That's a very true. Story. That is the Cato Kalin philosophy. Um, so yeah, I but but on the flip side though, if you put yourself out and put yourself in a bind, then it doesn't matter if there's maybe somewhere down the road a little bit of a potential payoff. Like in the short term, you've done yourself and your family a disservice. And if they're intelligent, they will realize that you've done yourself a disservice to be fawning and, oh, well, sure. he wants something. Yes. You know what I mean? And whether, maybe they'll take you up on it and take advantage of the cheap rent. Right. But they're unlikely to consider you a worthy business partner at some later juncture. That would be my – don't it, you think I so? Th- well, it depends on uh, – if I first off, if I don't know who it is, then no, that the answer is going to be no. So you, no, wait, is that the we would never find out who it was, or once you get into the specifics, they would be like, hey, here's the dollar amount, and, like if and I knew before who, they moved in, if I knew who it was, here's who it is, here's who's like going to be. If Kevin Smith and his family is like, hey, we need, you know, I'm like, hey, yeah, man, take that, take the house, cool. We, you, you know what? Don't even pay me. But that's but that's if you knew who it was, right? If it's like the Kardashians, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm going to pay paid. me a lot. A lot of money for this house. So with you, it would simply come down to whether or not you like the person? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would at least make it about whether or not they could get me ahead. <laughs> I feel like out of all those people, uh, doing Kevin Smith a solid would be better at getting a dude like me ahead well, than I was gonna say, else. Since the two of us are, are podcasters, then yes, obviously the guy who is kind of the podfather yeah. would be uh, the guy to, to yeah, do a can, solid for. Can, I, can we uh, – you know, we need to use your house for like a month, man. Yeah, can hey. I get hosted on Smodcast? How about it? Solid take. 
<laughs> how about how about other guy as a guest next week? <laughs> I sell comics has a spot on Smodcast, <laughs> and we do not. Uh, this is his dream, by the way. It's for us to get featured on Smodcast.com. That's really all he's working wow, towards that's now. that's great. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's got to have a dream. Everybody's got to have a dream, Andre. Uh, <laughs> so can can I hijack the best? Well, yeah, but we're not done with the if you could yet first, though. we You've answered it, and I've answered it. If the money is right, then I'm down with it. I, w- I want to know where are you leaning. You, you're excited about the prospect, or you wouldn't yes. have brought it up. Let probably. me first of all say that the specs for the house, our house does not necessarily match that. It's so it's not, a long it's not shot four anyway. bedroom. It's there's no pool. Um, so yes, yeah, so it's a long. Geographically, we're in the right area. Right. That's about what we have to offer. Um, I told my wife I didn't think I thought it was worth pursuing, yeah. mainly because um, you don't know what's going to come of it. Now I don't know that you're ever guaranteed to know who they are. If you're dealing with somebody's assistant, they may just say, "Okay, I'm the assistant. Everything will go through me." You'll never meet these people. You'll never see these people. Right. I'm going to write you a check, and Correct. you're going to hand me keys, and then in a month, I will bring you keys. Right. And, and I will write you another check or right. something. Yes. For me, the question was more of, are you okay with people being in your house that you don't know who they are, but there is the possibility of gaining something, albeit maybe a small possibility. Not just monetary, but but right, potentially but connection. Yeah, 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 connection with somebody. Not and it's not just star fucking so to speak it's not just uh, because they're famous but specifically maybe i could get a gig out of this down right. the road i and could get on somebody's movie because hey that nice couple that let us live in their house they happen to own a casting agency imagine right. that exactly have you it, ever done any primary casting you, are you exactly. interested in maybe doing that all of a sudden yeah hey man if you found out who it was and it was like Kardashians or something? Would you like make your home a shrine to them before you left? Like, you're like this dude's a fucking fan. Now that's a, that's a good question. Are you gonna if you if if let's assume that you get it for a moment? I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Are you gonna like prop their DVDs up in the right place or like you know like if if it was somebody? My guess is that it's not an actor but like a producer, okay. and so that possibly so. What the only thing that I talked to my wife about is we would make two different rules. One is house rule, don't delete anything off the DVR. <laughs> like if you don't – if you can program your own shows in, but do not – like I have shows that I've been saving up. And so please do not – don't touch those. Please, please don't. My, I come from across the sea to watch the American television. I have years and years on this DVR, on the magical box in the living room. Do not. The evil demons will come and take it from me. I don't. Please. Please. Exactly. Yes. Um, and then the second one, Rachel said, Rachel, my wife, um, said Mrs. Romanian. I don't know. Yes. Um, Mrs. Romanian, exactly. She said... I would prefer to call her the Gypsy Queen to be honest. Oh, the that, Gypsy Queen. That. Please, yeah. let's call her that. The Romanian and the Gypsy Queen. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's the one who said, we need to take pictures of all your DVDs to make sure that they- They're going to smurf it? <laughs> like, they're going to steal it? I'm not in this. Like, they take everything except for the DVDs they're in. Yes. <laughs> I, I, love, I, love the, I love the idea, like, Joel Silver, like, yes. wandering through your DVDs and being like, eh, Dead Poets Society. It's yes. been a while since I've seen that. Take that one. It's a good movie. That that seems to board on paranoia. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> too, too far for me. Okay, fair enough. Uh, wow, that's so. hilarious. Well, you gotta let us know how that works out, man. I okay. want to know if famous people stay in your house. Yeah, I, 
We'll see. <laughs> it's we've been recording a long time, and I we should let you go at some point. But before we do that, we do want to do a best. best be on tv is oh yes who is the best bitch in tv land you asked me this earlier uh and i, I thought you had a good one i didn't even think of that uh, cersei lannister's got to be yeah. high on the list very high you're right like i mean of all time mm-hmm. i mean that chick conniving i in episode one she's responsible for a young boy getting thrown out a window right like i mean like right up top they I come don't consider at you, her a bitch man Really? She's doing she is mother hand. She is protecting she's doing what she has what she thinks she has to do to protect her own. Now that could be misguided. That could come off as she's just a bitch and doesn't know how to deal with her feelings. But she is doing what she believes is right for her children, for her. I not for her brother. Yeah, that's and uh, maybe not like Maybe not so much in the show. Maybe this is more coming from the books, which I'm I'm reading right now, uh, uh, book four and five. Like I'm reading a combined version of them where they That's put the chapters idea. together. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they do it in chronological order, so you don't like nothing's out of place. But this way, you don't go a whole book without seeing some of the characters. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Um, so so maybe I'm thinking just along those lines. But in the in the books in particular, like it's clear. A lot of times, Cersei's not thinking about Joffrey and taking care of Joffrey and, and Marcella and Toman or whatever. She's she's worried about her and Jamie. And a lot of times, she ain't even worried about Jamie. She's worried about her. Like that's she is super super selfish. Very well written and very well acted. I'm saying she's got to be high on the list of bitches. Haters gonna hate. Now she's not the only one though. Uh, your show in particular, I said, uh, um, uh, Andre has a, has a few. Sue Ellen's one of the all-time bitches on television, period. Yes. Uh, Sue Ellen Ewing, uh, and she had a great season this year, ran for governor, mm-hmm. for God's sakes. So who, um, you, uh, who, who are you picking, man? I am. Um, hmm. I mean, this could be of all time, man. And, yes, and obviously. we're talking about a TV character. Yes. Not like The person. A, right, correct, the character. Okay, so not like a um, talk show host. Or, no. I'm trying to think who would top Cersei Lannister. Cersei Lannister is going to be hard to top, man. Like that is a cold, cold chick. Yeah, I'm. It's, that's. I'm going to lock that one in as All my right. final answer. Who, who, who Cersei you Lannister. Romanian? I'm still pondering in my little brain. Do you have somebody in mind? Uh, I yeah, I think I've got one I've settled on. Well, give me give me some of your also rands at least if you want to build okay. up to it. Uh, then. I think uh, Samantha's mother from Bewitched. Whoa! I fucking that hated is. that. That's cunt. a deep yes. pull, but true, man. She was and so she terrible. Was always to Darren. making Darren's life fucking. Yes. That was her whole goal was to yeah, fuck yeah. with this poor guy <laughs> who already has enough on his plate. Oh, and if you think about it too, like she was all she was anti him because he was a normie, right? right. Like she was. It yes. was like like she hated the Muggles even before yes. there was such a thing as a Muggle. That's a good one. That's a real good one. A really good one. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and another one that I really like, and, I th- and I'm going to pick this one because I just hate people like this in real life, especially at that age. Nellie Olson, man, I hate Nellie Olson. She's such a bitch. Nellie Olson, yeah. From oh, you're talking about from Little House on the Prairie. Yes. You texted wow. me this. You want to talk about the breadth, the breadth yes. of, of humanity that is other guy. This this dude in the same day that he texted me. <laughs> My nipples are hard about you being on the show. He also texted me, I love Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> I, I, Little House on the Prairie is 
It's an amazing show. Michael Landon will drop some daddy on you. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, if everybody raised their kids like Michael Landon raised them kids. We'd all be better. Oh, it'd be an amazing place to live. Except, man, that Nellie Olson. Here's the thing is, she's a. She's so which a, one is Nellie? She's the blonde uh, uh, Olsen mercantile that's the, the, like the general store in town. Her right. mother is also a cunt. Uh, <laughs> but her dad's real cool, real nice guy. Like he's real henpecked. Um, so she, she got it from a mama. But he, here's the deal. Uh, the mom, she's an adult. And she's being mean and bitchy to other adults. Right. Nellie's a kid and she's being a fucking bitch. Just horrible to other children. That's unforgivable. All right, wait a minute. You're, you're telling me that, that Nellie uh, being a tattletale and being a complainer oh, and a she's boss. A mani- no, fuck. She's a manipulator. Okay, for example, there's an episode called Cheaters. But you're saying, that, you're saying that's level with Cersei Lannister? Fuck who, yeah, it is. Who connived and, and cavorted around yes. the Seven Kingdoms? Yeah, look, I'll lay out an episode just so you understand what I'm talking about. All right. Okay, there's an episode of Little House and Prairie called Cheaters, right? Uh, and where, where they expose the fact that w- <laughs> one of them has been banging uh, the nurse no, from down. No, this is Little House on the Prairie. I'm just saying, I watched <laughs> Cheaters before I know no, what that show is like. No, no, this show. I'm this so amazing. sorry. So they're, they're he's ins- a scum bucket. There's nothing. There's nothing else to say about it. You don't don't waste your tears on that guy. No, no, no but I won't okay. waste tears on Nellie Olson. All right. Uh, so in this particular episode. They take their the school's a one room school, right? So all the grades are kind of together, um, and the teachers in isolated weather. But her son is in obviously her son's in school because it's the only fucking school in the state of Oklahoma or wherever the hell they live. Right? <laughs> Don't they live in Kansas on the prairie? Whatever. <laughs> uh, this is how much I love the show. It doesn't matter where they live to me. Uh, so, but he's not he's he's not very good in school. He's just not like some kids aren't. Like he can study, he just doesn't retain it. All right. He's just not a very good test taker. He doesn't have good study skills. Uh, but he's a nice enough kid, right? Nellie Olsen is like up for being like the most academic in the class. Like she fucking aces everything, right? Uh, the Ingalls boy, I can't remember his name. He doesn't have to study as hard, but he's still a pretty good student, okay? Right. He likes to go frogging and all this other stuff. But in, it's the parents are very... Uh, ashamed of their son because the mother's a teacher and he can't he can't pass the class like it's it's heartbreaking for the parents the son knows this he feels this he's ashamed of himself like it's you see this happening to this mm-hmm. kid and you know how he feels so they go to the mercantile obviously everybody goes to the to the good store the general store the general yeah. store right uh, and and Mrs. Olson this bitch is just being so mean to uh I think Culver maybe the the teacher's name because it doesn't matter it's just being like catty and snooty with her and like oh well my Nellie she's she's an awesome student and your your son she it must be it must be embarrassing your son making such poor grades right right and then like Nellie comes out and goes oh I'll tutor him right like I'll help him out uh and his mom's like oh how funny would that be my daughter idiot. teaching the teacher's son. Oh, ha ha. We'll be doing the Lord's work. Those who are more fortunate helping those who are less fortunate. Just being a fucking cut. Yes. Yes, <laughs> indeed. And the teacher did the right thing. She goes, she, she's just did, didn't take it. She's like, well, I'm, I'm leaving and just doesn't talk to her as being kind of, you know, catty back to her, which is what fucking Mrs. Olson deserves. But then the husband comes in. Turns out the husband, he's not that smart. Acorn doesn't fall too far from the tree. <laughs> right? 
All right. But he's, he's a, a hardworking man. He's a hardworking man, good Salt dude. of the earth. Yes. And so he gets, he's like, hey, man, he's trying his best. I see him. You know, don't be, don't be mad at him. We don't, we don't need to put this pressure on him. Uh, and then he's kind of like, why did you let your pride get in the way and not take the offer? If it helps the son, that's what's important. Set your, set your pride aside. This is what's best for our kid, and we should always do what's best for our child, right? So she sets it aside. She swallows her pride, and she goes and accepts the offer. Turns out, Nellie, cheating. Cheater. She's writing the answers on the wow. inside of her jacket and cheating. So all this poor kid learns from her is how to cheat. And so he starts cheating, and he starts making A's, and his parents are fucking proud of him and telling him, you know, all this good things about him. And he likes the way that feels, but he doesn't like the way cheating feels because cheating people is wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's way worse than throwing a kid out a window at the top of a tower. <laughs> yeah, oh, Nelly's, yes. Nellie's a bitch. Yes. Nellie's yeah. a bitch. Well, hey, you know, you know what? what? If, if if she never if she never cheated on Robert, this shit would have never happened. You, you know, you know what I'm trying to think of right now. How long is it going to take me to edit down your description of that little House of the Prairie episode? So oh, I'm that it not can done, be my friend. Worthwhile. There's I'm not more. Done. Yes. That's not the resolution. No, I'm trying to get to the part where she's a real cunt. All right. <laughs> it always gets worse than the cheating and the and the teaching others to cheat. No, but she, the way that she manipulates this kid, he's like, "Well, what if I don't want to cheat? What if I just what if I just tell my mom?" And she's like, "And who's going to believe you? I'm the top of the class, and you're an idiot." And this poor kid's like, you're right, I'm an idiot. They'll never believe me. Right? So he falls, like, she sucks him in, traps this poor little right? And she's got him for all the way to the very last test, right? And then, of course, Laura Ingalls finds out he's cheating and makes him feel bad about it. But she realizes that, that the bitch made him do it. So, you know, it all worked out in the end. <laughs> Except they didn't stone Nelly at the end of the episode. I'm assuming, right? Uh, no, they, they they use it and then laughed in her face. I'm still holding out. Real good. I'm still holding out hope that Cersei Lannister dies at some point in the future. So you know, I want I want to see that chick bleed. I want that for Nelly Olson too. <laughs> I'm, I'm 12 year old Nelly Olson. I want them to drag her behind a train. I'm pretty sure they've stopped making Little House in the Prairie. I think you missed the boat on that. <laughs> I'm not positive, no, but I man, think it's been canceled. I, Thing has been canceled. Yeah, now I get to cast the remake. Nelly Olson is definitely the biggest bitch. Now that other guy has given you roughly thirty minutes to come up with yes. your answer, what what what, okay. what is who's your favorite B on TV? Favorite B on TV is somebody I don't believe is a B, but I know the world in general does. Okay, and she is Skyler Walt's wife. On Breaking Bad. Yes, dude. Oh, first of all, I'm really glad that you watched Breaking Bad. I didn't know whether you I did do, or not. And I love it. I, I am not completely current. I haven't seen the last season. Okay. Which we're going to watch. Kelly and I are going to watch. Honey Bun and I are going to watch going into season six is yes. coming up, right? Right. Or the season five, part two, or right. however they do it. But um, wonderful show. Wonderful. Uh, another, I mentioned the BS report. And you're, and you're missing out, dude. Look, dude, I watch reruns or bad reality TV. Yeah, you. Like I'm watching Alf, I'm watching Little House on the Prairie. I'm I'm not I'm not shitting you at all. This is what I watch. He loves some Alf. I yeah. or I'm watching like Deadliest Catch, The Voice, So You Think You Can Dance, Blood and Oil. My wife's really into reality TV, though. Weirdly, none of those same shows you just mentioned because but. they're probably mask. Those shows tend to be masculinely geared. Oh yeah. Okay, masculinely geared. Masculinely geared. <laughs> I think that means four penises is what he meant to say there, <laughs> not right. four vaginas. Um, uh, 
Skyler is an excellent one yes. because she like it's uh, the BS report that I mentioned earlier. They were talking about the relationship between um, Carmela and Tony in The Sopranos, yeah. and how like really like Mad Men as great as it is, and there's great acting, great writing, but nothing is like those great scenes between the two of them. Breaking Bad has a bunch of those between Skyler and Walter. Like their as their relationship evolves over the course of the show, mm-hmm. th- those are two top actors working with really really good material yes and they earn it over the course of their relationship that's a great one really yeah. good one i I, per, I personally love her i think she's but she's she's what she should be for the show yes, yes. she's so 100%. often an impediment to walter yes. and his machinations that's like correct. that's like walter wants to go in a direction and here she is this dead weight keeping him down right and so if you if you are caught up in the narrative which is to want walter to continue to devolve right then she's in the way, just like Carmela was so many times for Tony. Right. Like you're like, why that nagging bitch? If she'd just leave him alone, then he could get to his business. His business is doing terrible things to people. Right. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony specifically, Walter's business is not always doing terrible things to people, but it becomes that over the course of the series. Like that, that series is about how Mister, you know, Mister Mister Cotter turns into Scarface. Like that is the stated goal of that show. And and four seasons in at least, I it's a transformation that's already happening. It's an amazing show to watch. You really, I'm going to get you copies of that somehow. You should, yeah, you should definitely check it out. I will say to you, other guy, one of my other candidates for biggest B on TV is from the TV show Alf. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, the neighbor, the neighbor, Mrs. Akmanik. Yeah. She's awful. Yeah. <laughs> she is really bad. I was if you if you're talking about sitcoms though while you while you were talking, I was thinking about Lilith. How did nobody mention Lilith oh, wow. from Cheers and Frasier? One of the television's yes. all-time bitches. Yes. You could have you didn't. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, you know what? Don't put this juju on me. Since since you said that that Nelly cheating on Tess was worse than Cersei kicking the dude out of the, dude, it's uh, the fact that the they're tower. children, man. Like they made they made this child character so despicable, man. It's like not only what Nelly is doing is wrong to those kids, what those fucking writers did with Nelly was wrong too. Um. Joffrey and his siblings are pros- are, are, are the, well, are they the did, product they're not, of incest. They're, they're not on the goddamn prairie, are they? <laughs> No, they're in the Seven Kingdoms. In the world of the of prairie, this shit doesn't happen. In the Seven Kingdoms, some, there's dragons. Fucked up shit happens. <laughs> Everything goes down in the kingdoms. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the post show tag tag this week is going to be the Romanian's reaction to our early sketch of a sticker. Oh, it could be that, but I also want him to. He's got to. He's got to say a poem for us. Oh, great. Great. Yes. Uh, well, first of all, we should say goodbye, I guess, shouldn't we? Yes, sure. let's do that. All right. So, uh, so until next week, go to our website, twoguysonepod.com. Email us, twoguysonepod at me.com. And find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash twoguysonepod. Until next week, I'm one guy. And I'm the other. <laughs> and long-winded. And you have been? The Romanian. <laughs> That's right. And this has been the podcast. I said that I need you to say a poem before we let you off the air. Yes. You, your, your mother told us, uh, is it a song or is it a poem? It's, po- it's a poem. Okay. Uh, and it's, it means the whale? It means the whale. Yeah. Okay. It's a Romanian. Is it Abalina? Abalina. No, it's not. No. Um, but it's close. <laughs> okay. um, it's a. I don't know what the purpose of it is, except for what's in my house. Right. Um, what, what was the we purpose in your house? In our house, 
my mom would tell it to us before bed right. as a way to calm you down, but it just ended up scaring the crap out of me. <laughs> It's it's the worst. It's, it's not like, an, like you were you're like it's an actual grim fairy tale. Yes, it it's it's just the like witch a, eats kids. Yeah, this is f***ed up, mom. <laughs> exactly. Okay, but, all right. It's like I'm excited, and, and I and I'll just quote you the Romanian, and then I'll tell you the English translation. Excellent. Okay. okay. Vine balena din zare, marinar. Saude, balena, balena. That's that's it. Now it means this. Here comes the whale on the horizon, sailor man. Can you hear it? The whale. The whale. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> the. <laughs> It's wonderful enough getting the performance from Andre, but picture, okay, his mother is like four to six inches shorter than he is. Yeah, like like about five feet tall. Maybe. Skinny little woman, this small little woman, but a big voice, very expressive, and a thick Romanian accent. Yeah, Thick yeah, yeah. Romanian accent. So she says, oh, Joel, I would tell you Balena. 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 And I mean, it was haunting. I'm a grown man. I'm sitting on the backstage, like you know, like after a show. I'm in my in my uh, my leggings and stuff, and she's telling me Balena, and I'm getting the shivers, like looking at the woods. <laughs> That's I, I'm I'm fairly impressed with uh, with me pulling some Romanian out of my ass tonight. Definitely. Well, how did you, you know Romanian? What did you say that was Romanian? Balena. Oh, yeah. Oh, you knew what it was? Yeah. I, that's I knew because Belena we, was well. We, I, that's, you knew that because I had told you that, or he had told you no, that. No, I worked at a restaurant called the Belena. Oh, did, did you really? Yeah. No. And that's also where I did, they weren't Romanian, but I worked with a bunch of Bulgarians. So a lot of the names I was throwing, like Tordor and Beezer and Kratzi and those guys, Simeon. Uh, those are actual Romanians those, that you knew? Those were Bulgarians that I knew, and I figured it had to Bulgarian. be. Bulgarian. Very they were similar. Clo- yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Budapest? You. Oh, that's not Bulgarian. Never mind. Um, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> they're cl- they're geographically very close. <laughs> My favorite Romanian and yours, Andre Constantinescu. I hope you enjoyed that. I know this episode's a little bit longer than our normal uh, episodes here, and and if it's too much for you, then take it in in bites because I guarantee you it, it's worth it. Um, Anyway, thanks for sticking with it, uh, and thanks for listening to that. Thank you, Andre, for uh, getting in the studio with me, and, and we got to do it again sometime. You have become a family man now uh, since all of that time. They've got uh, kids of their own, and, and so I want to talk to him about raising kids and, and how the business is continuing to go for him as things change uh, here in uh, the southern states uh, for the movie business. Uh, next week, we're going to have another great show for you. We're planning a, a discussion with Dan Cohen, our Disney specialist, to talk about Disney Infinity, the toys-to-video-game concept that Disney brought out a couple of years ago and uh, now is expanding upon this year with Star Wars. We'll talk about that next week here on Me and the Geek. Until then, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Me and the Geek. You can follow us at meandthegeekpod.com. You can subscribe in iTunes, on Stitcher, uh, on SoundCloud, and YouTube. We're all over the place. And you can email us, too, meandthegeek at teamprocreate.com. Until next week, 
I've been me. This week's geek was Andre Constantinescu with Legacy Casting, and this has been the podcast. One, two, three, four. Me and the Geek is a proud member of the ProCast Network, a ProCreate production. ProCreate is a community of artists in film, music, the digital arts, and fine arts that helps them connect and collaborate on projects. You can find out more at teamprocreate.com. Also, be sure to check out one of our other great shows like Pod on Pod, a weekly review of a different podcast to help you find your new favorite show. Josh and Joel are your hosts as they walk through the wide world of podcasting. From comedy to self-help, Josh and Joel listen to it all so you don't have to. This is the sound of a man who unexpectedly fell into cold water and instinctively is trying to swim hard. This is the sound of the cold water shock, making him gasp uncontrollably and breathe in water until he drowns. Whereas this is the sound of a man who fell into cold water and knows how to survive. You have to fight your instinct to swim and just float until the cold water shock has passed and you can control your breathing. This is a safety message from the RNLI. Float to live. Visit respectthewater.com. Joe loves doubles. Joe has a double-barrelled surname. He goes double Dutch on double dates, and on those dates he wears double denim. Joe sleeps with a double-down duvet by a double-glazed window and has two fancy cars which he stores in his double garage. So Joe did a double-take when he saw our new double quarter-pounder with cheese. Double lovers, get ready. The new McDonald's double quarter-pounder with cheese is here, but only until the 24th of September. So get there on the double. (laughs) Served after 10.30am, except in selected restaurants, which will serve this from 11am. Participating restaurants only.